you're actually helping people escape lockdown, escape poverty, and most of all, you're providing equal economic access to crypto-based economies anywhere in the world. So now you don't have to be super crypto or tech savvy. All you really need is an internet connection and a device and a crypto wallet and you can start earning money. And if you don't know how to do that, your community managers are there to help you how to do it. Welcome to Analyze Asia, the premier weekly podcast that dissects the pulse of business, technology, and media in Asia. I'm Bernard Leong, and play-to-earn crypto gaming has opened up new means of organizing and enabling players out there through guilds. I'm joined by Gabby Dizon, co-founder of Guild Games, aka YGG, powering the ecosystems behind different play-to-earn games. Truth be told, to start with a disclaimer, I have YGG tokens in my MetaMask wallet since early this year. Hi, Gabby. Welcome to the show. Hey, Bernard. Thanks for having me. You're based in Philippines, right? That's right. I'm in Manila. So to start, as it is a tradition for our first-time guests to tell their origin story, how did you start your career that eventually led you to just before YGG? Sure. So I've been a game developer for 18 years. So I was actually part of the team that shipped that first ever game out of the Philippines in 2003. In 2014, I started a mobile game studio. So we were creating casual games for iOS and Android phones. And 2017, we discovered blockchain via Ethereum and smart contract. So smart contract had a concept of programmable money. And we were trying to see how that would eventually disrupt the game industry. And from there, while we were doing the experimentation, um, CryptoKitties came out in November 2017 and brought down the Ethereum network and at the same time popularized the non-fungible token or the NFT. So I was hooked since then, just the idea of having assets living on a public immutable database that was outside of the application was really mind-blowing. Really fell in love with NFTs then and I've been deep in the NFT space since early 2018. What are the key lessons from your career journey that you can share with my audience? First of all, I come from almost two decades in the game industry and game developers have been taught to provide entertainment, but there's actually very robust virtual economies inside of these games. There's a lot of people spending a lot of time in spreadsheets, figuring out how to create very dynamic game economies. And for the longest time, the money or the the value in this economy has always going to the game publisher or the developer. But now for the first time, because of crypto and NFTs and tokens, the value of the work that is put by the player now goes back to them via play to earn, via crypto rewards, just SLP or Smooth Club Potion, Axe Infinity. So now where people used to think of video games as wasting time, now people can think about it is that I'm investing my time and my effort and also my money into these game economies. And now I'm getting value out of it because I'm earning NFTs and tokens that can be exchanged for crypto and ultimately to to fiat money. So it's really mind-blowing to be able to do that. It's a game changer, right? When we used to all play things like World of Warcraft, Starcraft, and then we are basically investing so much time and effort and yet we don't get nothing. But now with this whole play-to-earn revolution, just pull breaks it apart. So we come to the main subject of the day, which is Yield Guild Games. And I've actually read your white paper as well. Just a quick introduction. Yield Guild Games, YGG, is a play-to-earn gaming guild, bringing players together to earn via blockchain-based economies. Founded in the Philippines within Southeast Asia, and recently it has actually raised a US $4.6 million from the famous Silicon Valley firm Anderson Horowitz, A16Z. So to start, since my audience are mainly outside of crypto, my first question to you, 
how do you introduce YGG and its vision and mission to the man on the street and also to the traditional gaming community? The very interesting thing about YGG is that it's actually much more recognizable to the man on the street than the business or the gaming community. And the reason for that is that Axie Infinity and extension YGG as the guild grew because a lot of people were stuck at home in the Philippines with, during the early part of lockdown and they didn't have any income. So they were stuck at home with no income, very desperate for a way to earn money. And they found Axie Infinity as a way to earn money. So they started playing Axie Infinity. They learned how to cash out SLP token, use a crypto wallet, exchange it for Philippine pesos. And to their this surprise, they're actually earning a lot more money than they were from the local job opportunities. So this happened in the cities outside of Manila in the Philippines. So this is how Axie Infinity grew. And gaming guilds like YGG grew because it takes a certain amount of money to buy the Axie. So for example, a good Axie team may cost you something like $1,000, which is out of reach for most people. So what the guild does is that we're the ones that buy or breed or collect the NFTs. And then we lend them out to our player base so that they can start playing, they can use their time and effort and skill, but they don't need money because we're the ones that pay for the NFTs that are required to play these games. And so they get to earn crypto without having to have money in the first place. And this is pretty revolutionary because even from Bitcoin, you needed to have some money to buy at the start. And with play to earn, what you're putting in is your effort and your skill and you're earning money from that. Reading a white paper, YGG is a decentralized autonomous organization or what people call DAOs these days for investing in non-fungible tokens or NFTs used in virtual worlds and blockchain-based games. Can you explain what a DAO is and how does YGG utilize that structure to further its value proposition? A DAO very roughly is a collective of people that are organized around something and that something in a gaming guild is to be able to play games using the NFT assets owned by the DAO and the ownership is denoted by ownership in the token. So it's similar to, but not equal to owning equity. Like the person who owns ownership in the tokens of DAO can be thought of as equal to owners of the DAO. And they do that because they will have a share in the governance of the DAO or maybe an economic share of how the DAO does financially. So in a way, it's like a digital form of ownership that is very easy to spread across. And this is very revolutionary because most of the employees over the period of time, like since factories were born, were paid a flat wage and only the owners really got the upside from their efforts. And now with DAOs, instead of paying people in cash, you can pay them in tokens, which is as easy because they're just crypto tokens that you can send from one wallet to another. So now you have an easy way of conferring ownership to the people who are part owners or the contributors to your network. So that means you can be, for example, a DAO without thousands of contributors and you can easily confer ownership to these thousands of contributors. And that means that you are taking advantage of the network effects of having thousands of owners of your protocol. And this is very important because now when you have thousands of people who are contributing to your network who act like owners, then they do their best to really spread the word about the network and make it more valuable. And this is the best form of marketing about the DAOs. Think of it this way. What if Grab itself was owned by the drivers? 
that worked for Grab and they had upside in the equity on the Grab. So now I'm, I'm not saying that the tokens are equity, but the ownership component is the same in that when people own something, they really have skin in the game and they're much more motivated because they have the chance for upside that is not given to them simply by just being paid an hourly fee. Do you agree then investing in tokens means investing in economies rather than investing in a company with an equity structure? I do agree for the tokens that are set up like economies. In other words, those that take care, that they take advantage of the ownership and network effects that DAOs and token ownership can provide, the answer is absolutely yes. And this is a very much of an evolution from the early days of cryptocurrencies when everything has to be money. Like Ethereum, Bitcoin maybe is money. Ethereum can be argued to be money. And everyone was trying to be money. Now you're not trying to be money. A DAO token is like just a symbol of ownership of whatever that DAO cares about. It might be some NFTs. It might be game items. It might be, I don't know, whatever the DAO does, right? And I think that is kind of a much better forward towards ownership of the protocols that people care about. What is the function of the token and what does it mean for the person holding a YGG token then? Uh, the YG token itself is, uh, think of it as kind of owning a fraction of everything that the guild does. And we're following the principle of progressive decentralization, which means that over time, there'll be more and more people that can do to help shape the future of the network. I think in the early days, it's important for the founders to set the vision and the products of where the protocol is headed. But over time, the players or the members of the DAO take more and more control. So in YGG's case, we do this via the sub-DAOs where there are certain assets in a game that are controlled with our players. So for example, YGG bought... 286 plot of land and estate in a game called League of Kingdoms, which is like a strategy game similar to Clash of Clans. But we turn this over to the players in a sub-DAO called YGG LOK. They have their own tokens. And now people are voting on what to do inside the game. The players are in charge. And it's something that we strive to do for all of the games that we are involved in in the future. So YGG builds around the ecosystem of what we now know is play-to-earn games. For example, Axie Infinity, and I just have Alexander, one of the co-founders on the show recently. Can you explain what play-to-earn game means in the context of blockchain gaming and give examples of the different games where YGG operate in? I think you just mentioned a game just now where you have a sub-DAO as well. Play-to-earn means that you are playing these games Usually using assets, just NFTs like Axis, for example, Axie Infinity, Land and League of Kingdoms. And you're playing these games and earning some kind of crypto-based reward, whether they're tokens or NFTs. And you can sell these rewards for money and eventually for fiat, which means that I can play a video game and get paid for it. And what the guild does is that we aggregate the assets or the NFTs in these games And then we lend them out to our players so that our players who come in, they can play these games without having to pay down hundreds or thousands of dollars for the cost of these assets. And they can play the game, enjoy, contribute, and earn money without having to put down any money in the first place. And in turn, we're adding value to the economy of these games. We're adding players. We're making it more valuable, which means that each game economy becomes more lively because of our presence in it. Based on the investment memo by Anderson Horowitz, they stated with 4,700 plus scholars and over 8.6 million earned, YGG is now paying out over 1 million weekly and already proving to be an unstoppable force for good. Can you explain the concept of scholars in YGG? How does a scholar start in YGG and then earn as part of your ecosystem? A scholar in Play to Earn is someone who wants to play a game but is borrowing assets from the guild. 
So this started in Axie Infinity, and we have a 70-20-10 split for our scholarship system, which means that 70% of the SLP that is earned by the player goes to them, 20% goes to their community manager, and 10% goes to the guild. And the community manager is the one who is part of the community who is good at training and recruiting scholars and teaching them to be good at the game, teaching them how to use crypto wallets. And in turn, they get a portion of the upside. They get 20% of all the SLP earned. So we have over 20 community managers all across the world, which are servicing over 6,000 scholars now. And we want this to be millions of scholars around the world. So I think we're at the very beginning of this revolution. But think about it for the maybe millions of people who are driving for Grab, delivering food for Gojek in Uber Eats in DD. What if they were playing games at home instead? Wouldn't that be better than delivering food from point A to point B for someone else? <laughs> well. Then how do you scale the scholarship program through the use of community managers? What are they empowered to do? Is it just helping them to do the initial setup? But obviously, there's going to be more things coming and then your community managers may be able to perform more functions that can actually help the scholars within the network itself. Yeah, so the community managers are really key to our ecosystem because the managers are the ones that are managing the players directly. Now, they don't need to invest in assets because YGG invests in the assets and provides it to them. So they don't need to have capital. They have to be good at the community. They have to be good at handling players. They have to be good at teaching them how to play at the game, how to win so that they can earn more SLP, how to use a crypto wallet so that they don't lose the money or become hacked or turn them into pesos or whatever. So the community manager for the first time has a very scalable business model where I'm not an employee, I'm part of the community, but I'm good at bringing people into the community and play, earning money, and I'm getting a percentage of it. So for the community managers that are handling four or 500 players under them, they're doing quite well for themselves as well. It sounds like community manager could also be like an agent, like in a Hollywood business where, you know, some of these agents bring actors and actresses into the film studios and then help them to talent manage. Do you foresee that you may have some star players at some point in YGG and then that might be the community manager's role may change along the way? Yeah, absolutely. So it's not just players like scholars. For example, we have an esports team in YGG. So the best players in Axie Infinity are our esports tournament players. So they get access to the best axes. They have training. They have some stipend as well so that they can keep on practicing. So the best ones are considered like esports athletes. There are scholars, there are esports athletes, there are content creators, streamers, there are NFT artists. We're enabling all sorts of different jobs in the metaverse. For example, in the esports, where do you see this blockchain play-to-earn games moving into that space? Are we going to start having tournaments and then, you know, all those things in esports where you have your Twitch streaming or is it really happening yeah, yeah, there's already a huge esports community forming around games like Axie Infinity and other upcoming NFT games. And yeah, I foresee this to become as big, if not bigger, than the biggest esports games in the world, like maybe a League of Legends or or a Valorant. I want to talk about the financial inclusion piece of what YGG has managed to do for the community, specifically for Philippines, because as the COVID-19 pandemic swept Philippines last year, I think nearly 7.3 million people lost their jobs. Can you talk about the story of how you lend out your axes that led to them able to earn a living during that period of time and also able to keep their families going as well? Yeah, sure. So the Axie and YGG phenomenon started in you're actually helping people escape lockdown, escape poverty, and most of all, 
you're providing equal economic access to crypto-based economies anywhere in the world. So now you don't have to be super crypto or tech savvy. All you really need is an internet connection and a device in a crypto wallet and you can start earning money. And if you don't know how to do that, your community managers are there to help you how to do it by providing opportunities the equalizing forces to fill people around the world, the next billion people out of poverty into the middle class and into crypto-based economies around the world. He also could help the unbanked as well, right? Because a lot of the unbanked people actually don't have bank accounts. And I could even think of what you're already doing, like a MetaMask wallet is just basically their digital bank account and they're able to trade and move cryptocurrency to do whatever functions that they need to. Yeah, what we're seeing with our players is that they're skipping bank accounts altogether. They're going straight to crypto wallets. So there are now more people with a Ronin wallet in the Philippines than credit card owners, for example. A lot of the players in Axie Infinity and YGG start out as very poor. They don't have bank accounts and they are able to earn excess income for the first time in their entire lives. They actually skip the whole bank account stage and their money is just in crypto and then they withdraw it of course, into the real world to pay for bills and food at the table and all of that. But their first interaction with fintech is via crypto rather than a bank account, which is really interesting. I think this is going to be a very interesting phenomenon to watch even in within our region itself. So since YGG made investments into play-to-earn games, for example, Axie Infinity, League of Kingdoms, Guild of Guardians, can you explain your investment thesis and given the plethora of blockchain games popping up every week, I mean, also in different chains, could be in Ethereum, could be in Solana, how do you decide who to invest in, buy their tokens and NFTs, and then bring your players to support their ecosystem itself? Yeah, so what we really do is that we invest into game economies. We buy into NFTs that have some form of yield so that we can lend out these assets to players who can play these games that can then earn an income. So, you know, we're not a VC. We're not a hedge fund. We're not here to buy and sell assets. We're actually here to buy assets, hopefully never sell them, lend them out to our players and for our players to earn income. So in a way, it's more similar to a real estate investment company that develops properties, except that we're developing these properties and economies in the metaverse instead of in the physical world. Speaking of which, there are also uh, play-to-earn real estate games tokens that actually now moving onto building land, for example, the sand token or even DeFi land, which I think supports Solana. At some point, this virtual land gaming is going to grow, right? Do you foresee like we are going to have things like virtual real estate or even moving into the real world at some point to touch tokenizing the actual real estate assets? So YG is one of the largest real estate owners in the metaverse. So we have two two estates in Sandbox. We have over 100 plots of land in Axie Infinity. We have a bunch of land in, in League of Kingdoms and other games as well. So we like land because uh, it's productive. You can build stuff on top of it that can earn money and our players can use it. So yeah, we have a bunch of land in different games in the metaverse. So how sustainable is the play-to-earn model for ordinary people who come into gaming? I think, will there be a world where a lot of people are doing this for a living? I say this because I think in China, it's actually the reverse model, right? They're stopping people from playing games and they even clamp down the gaming companies into releasing games into the Chinese ecosystem. But of course, the rest of the world follow a different model. So where do you see that? I think over time, the virtual economy is going to be 
more valuable in aggregate than the actual physical economy. That's because you have a 24-7 liquid global market that people are connected to that can trade that doesn't close down at 5 p.m., doesn't sleep. You can mint your assets on the blockchain. Anyone can read it and verify it. So it's actually a much more efficient market than uh, physical markets. And as more and more value gets stored online, my expectation is that the aggregate value that is stored on blockchains and digital ledgers will be greater than the value that is in real estate, in buildings, in shopping malls, in the physical economy. So in your point of view, how do you see the concept of the metaverse and how does YGG fit into that metaverse narrative now? My view of metaverse, it's not like AR or VR, right? It's not necessarily virtual reality. It is the online world that has a real economy that people can participate in at the same time and uh, be able to build their virtual lives with one another. So that economy will be built on top of blockchains or digital ledgers. It could be Bitcoin, it could be Ethereum, it could be Solana. And then there will be applications that are built on top of that, such as play to earn games where people can earn money. DeFi applications, for example, for me, like DeFi is no really different from a play-to-earn game. For me, DeFi is like gamified finance, and play-to-earn or GameFi is like financialized gaming. And over time, this will converge and it'll be the same thing. And then over time, I will just go to a virtual world or video game. I can go there, do my banking, stake my money, deposit my assets, buy my real estate, and that will be where I store my value in the virtual world. It is interesting you mentioned the intersection between play to earn and DeFi, right? Because DeFi, you have some things like Uniswap, you have Compound Aave that deals with lending, and then you to do aggregate for you. So it seems like they are protocols that actually intersect with the play to earn games to generate that economy for any types of games. So one interesting thing I would be really asking is that are we ready to go into a ready player one world where you foresee that VR and AR actually will supercharge the play to earn ecosystem? So I see VR and AR as interfaces that we can use to view the metaverse. I mean, the laptop screen is a way to interface with the metaverse. The mobile phone with internet and the crypto wallet is a way to interface with the metaverse. Discord and Twitter are ways to interact with the metaverse. So over time, maybe more of the ways that we interact will be via 3D applications, via VR or AR. But the metaverse is already here. We're already interacting with it, except that we're using many different applications to use it. Given more traditional players like Ubisoft, Activision Blizzard, or even Disney are now entering the space through learning about NFTs, do you foresee a world that gaming communities will become interoperable instead of being siloed into their own worlds? I mean, that's the vision of the open metaverse, right? Yeah. So I think that it will be like crypto native companies and protocols that will really be pushing the forefront of this interoperable open metaverse. If you see the efforts by like, Facebook or now called Meta, there's still this notion of a corporate controlled experience, whether it's Facebook, whether it's Netflix, whether it's Disney, which is very tightly controlled by these companies. And Web3 and the open metaverse is the complete opposite where everything is interoperable and works with each other. And you're not building these walls on how people can use your data or your application. You're actually building these bridges between APIs and between assets that live on public chains. And that compounds the value much more easily because now I don't have to negotiate with a person and come up with a contract and take a long time before I can do something. I can write a smart contract, tap into an API, 
and now I'm working with another application. I'm providing liquidity. Imagine what it takes to provide $1 million to another company. There's a lot of negotiation that happens and taking place. And in DeFi via Uniswap, it just takes a click of a button to do that. And what does great look like for YGG in a few years' time? Great for YGG is that we're able to onboard the people from around the world, but especially in developing countries, Philippines, Indonesia, Venezuela, Nigeria, into the crypto, Web3, into the metaverse, and have them contributing their skills and their talents and becoming on par with people from richer countries around the world, be it like Singapore, San Francisco, or London. That is what we're really looking towards. We want to be an equalizing force for people to contribute their skills and their talents without kind of having being paid depending on where you're from. As long as you bring yourself, you bring your talents into the metaverse, into Web3, you should get paid for it according to how much you put in, not where you're from. That's a great vision to hear and I'm looking forward to hear YGG and your next achievements in the next couple of months or years to come, but we will talk again sometime soon. So Gabby, many thanks for coming on the show. In closing, I have two questions. My first question is any recommendations that have inspired you recently? Recommendations? Well, it was published in the 1990s, but definitely read Snow Crash if you haven't done so. That was where the term metaverse was first coined and I think it is still very relevant up to the day read about Web3 and DAOs. I think the crypto space has evolved a lot in the past few years and it's very welcoming and DAOs are a new way to organize people around common goals and have people earn ownership of uh, what they create instead of being employees or contractors. So I think that's great. And yeah, I think the space is very welcoming and it, all it takes is really the curiosity and the effort to try. Most importantly, how do my audience find you? Sure. Our community lives on Discord. So go to discord.gg slash YGG. Our Twitter is at twitter.com slash yield guild. And we'll see you there. And you can definitely Google us at Analyze Asia. You can find us on every podcast platform. And you can tweet to us at Analyze Asia, A-N-A-L-Y-S-E Asia. And of course, drop us your feedback. And once again, Gabby, many thanks for coming on the show. And I look forward to speak to you again soon. Thank you, Bernard. Thanks for having me.